0: Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Reel. This is our children's series. Newcastle Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. I invite you to close your eyes and imagine. Imagine that there are no buildings, no roads, no cars, just the trees, plants, animals and the very first storytellers of this land, the Awabakal and Waramai people. So I acknowledge them as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land in which we live. Welcome to our podcast series for families, Chats with fabulous children's authors and illustrators. I'm Karen Eastwood, and each episode I will chat to authors and illustrators who are connected to this creative city of Newcastle. I love all the books. Probably grab chapter books, because I'm really into them. And the reasons I like reading is because it's enjoyable, relaxing and interesting. My special guest today is Katrina McKelvey, children's author and former primary school teacher, mother of two, wife, amazing person, Cocker Spaniel owner. Katrina's written many children's picture books and educational readers, including No Baths Week, Up to Something, Isla's Family Tree and Chasing Rainbows. Welcome, Katrina. Hi, Karen. (laughs) My first question for you, Katrina, I'd love to ask you about the colour palette that you've used on your newest book. Isla's Family Tree. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please?
1: Sure. So for the people who haven't seen the book, it only has four colours in it, which is orange, pink, black and white. And it is actually very striking. I can't think of another book on the market at the moment that actually uses this colour palette. Mm -hmm. Prue Piddick, the illustrator, she actually chose the colour palette in conjunction with my publisher, EK Books. And I had no say in it at all, actually. And um, I'm yet to find out from Prue exactly why she picked these colours. Her style is this style anyway, very limited colour palette, so it does sort of match her style. But why orange and pink, I don't know. Mm. But it did um, cause some challenges along the way actually. One of the little stories linked with this colour palette was um, the main character Isla reminisces about a time that she had a party with her adopted cousin azalea and they drank chocolate milk at this, this party and Prue had to ask whether she could change it to strawberry milk so i matched <laughs> with the colour palette. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, of course we agreed and it looks really good. Yeah,
0: fantastic. Mm. So why did you choose to focus on family trees for this story?
1: Yeah, it goes actually all the way back to 2012. My son was in kindergarten at the time, He's, he was only five and my daughter was three and my grandmother passed and she was known as great-grandma. And trying to explain why I call her grandma and they call her great-grandma and my their grandmother calls her mother, it got all very confusing. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, I'll see if there's any sort of picture books floating around that sort of tries to help explain this in a bit of a fun way. And I found one and I thought, hang on a minute, I think there's a bit of a gap in the market here. So I thought, I can do this. So, yeah, really... Just scribbled down a couple of ideas back then but was still grieving and wasn't ready to write the story then and didn't want the book to have a grief theme to it at all so mm. I think I had to sort of get over the grief first For Sure, and then um, my sister-in-law was um, studying my husband's family tree and um, all on my father-in-law's side of the family they were all from Northern Ireland and she was studying and looking at her DNA and also shows like Who Do You Think You Are and Who's Been Sleeping In at My House were on TV at the time and we absolutely love these shows so I really started writing this in the uh, Christmas holidays in end of 2014 and and my sister-in-law Janet who I actually dedicated the book to really started getting excited about this picture book and what also really pushed me to to get the sentences down and get the story going and so yeah so really first draft 2014 and linked from yeah the death of my grandmother in 2012.
0: Wow it's great to hear the, the story journey behind the story itself.
1: Yeah that's I love I love hearing yeah the story behind the story. Yeah and, Reading
0: is from my friends. Well, in my house, I go to read either in my bedroom or on the couch. Thank you for tuning in to Chats with fabulous authors and illustrators. Use your library membership to access our online children's stories at Storybox, RB Digital and BorrowBox. You might like to visit one of our branches or book the kids in for a program. You'll find lots of information at the Newcastle Library's website, newcastle.nsw.gov.au forward slash library. So this is your fourth publication. What's your journey as an author been like?
1: Um, this is an interesting question because I want people who are aspiring to be authors not to think it's all doom and gloom. But it's actually quite an up and down journey. Um, I think it's like any getting any new career up and running. There's lots of learning to be done. And I was also having a massive career change when I decided to write for children. I'd been a primary school teacher. Then I was a stay-at-home mum for many years. And then I wanted to start a brand new career from scratch. So rebranding and rebuilding all that knowledge again was fun but it was hard because I had to basically accept a new identity for myself and then I had to get the world to accept that of me as well. So I found that really hard. Um, So that's right at the beginning. That was about 2011. I decided I'm going to start writing for children and the kids at the time were about four and two. And, um, and my daughter was doing um, tiny tutus like ballet for toddlers at the time and we were doing play dates with other little friends of ours that were also doing those lessons and... We were going to the public library at New Lambton, actually, at the time, borrowing books together as well as going to the cafe next door and having morning tea after our ballet lessons, and that's where it really started. I'm like, hang on a minute. I could probably do this with my teaching background, and I've got the time now, and it's all creative because I was really craving a creative outlet big time by that stage. I was missing the classroom, and I thought maybe I could one day then go and visit schools and do the author talks and have the fun and leave the the programming and all that stuff behind so that I took off and if I say I'm going to do something I'll do it however it took until 2015 for my first book to come out which was Dandelions so four years to sort of from when I decided to when I had a book in my hands and that's quick actually in our industry very very quick and my rate of acceptances to rejections is pretty high even though that number if I did say that aloud which I won't um, is quite low when you hear it in isolation in the context of our industry it's actually pretty high so I'm pretty lucky and then um, but I had a big gap between the second and the first book because I over committed myself to lots of other organisations and the kids were still very young as well I wanted to be involved in getting them up and running with their education especially when I was so passionate about education but oh so many rewards along the way like when you get that message from a parent or a librarian they've used your book in a classroom or you know they've gone and done a craft activity I'll never forget reading a blog one day it was a review of dandelions and the reviewer then went outside and blew dandelions with a daughter in their backyard and little things like that just mm. really makes the, the 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 difficult journey all worthwhile. And I had an email the other day from a lady who is an ex-student of mine from my teaching days, and she's now a teacher. And she wrote to me years ago saying, you know, I wanted to be a teacher because of you being my teacher. And that was, see, that was just beautiful. But now she writes to me and tells me she also uses my books in her classrooms, and then her son reads the book at home. And I'm like, oh my god, that's like a dream come true. That's the magic. That is, it's magic. It's a very magical industry, but. Oh my goodness you have to be able to put the hard work in you have to take the hard knocks you have to be resilient and persistent and you have to have patience mm. there's a lot of waiting mm. and you have to believe in yourself because you're the first person to believe in yourself you can't ask a publisher or a readership to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself
0: yeah that's a great message mm. thanks katrina i find um, nice books to read Thank you for tuning in to Chats with fabulous authors and illustrators. Use your library membership to access our online children's stories at Storybox, RB Digital and BorrowBox. You might like to visit one of our branches or book the kids in for a program. You'll find lots of information at the Newcastle Library's website, newcastle.nsw.gov.au forward slash library. So were you a wide reader as a child? So, And did that have an impact on your life also as a writer?
1: The answer is no, and but the answer is also yes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was not a wide reader as a child and that has had a huge influence on my life, the fact that I didn't read as a child. Mm. And now I realise what a gap I have in my life. Mm. And so I'm using this part of my life to rediscover the books I wish I Was reading when I was a child. Um, I was a very active child and my parents worked seven days a week so I was at my grandmother's house playing in her garden doing gardening, picking flowers, climbing trees. My sister and I were on bikes riding around town climbing fences and you know riding uh, motorbikes and horses and at friends houses and you know in a country town we were just doing country kid stuff. We weren't in books and libraries back then weren't places of fun and entertainment I had um yeah quite a negative experience with a librarian in primary school and that just did it for me Mm. and so it's taken a long time for me to love books again Mm. and I'm rediscovering so many beautiful children's books old and new so yes I'm sort of reliving my childhood and I'm yeah and I didn't really realize how much I missed children's books until I was in my mid-20s and I was already a teacher by this stage yeah and I Mm. imagine there's a lot of parents out there listening to your story and and
0: thinking the same thing that they're Mm -hmm. able to now rediscover books Mm. through their own children and of course you're right the libraries are such great places to be these days Mm. and i have to say newcastle library is a wonderful place to take your children yes i take mine (laughs) (laughs) so what was your favorite book if there was one book that you might have read as a child what was it
1: Oh, you know, I can't. I don't have one. It really isn't. No, I don't. Oh, My favourite first book I ever had mm-hmm. was Just Tricking by Andy Griffiths, and that's a junior fiction. Yeah, yeah, I discovered and I claim I discovered Andy Griffiths before the world discovered him. Yes. And I was reading Just Tricking to my Year 6 class at the time. And at, at that series rolled out... My, the, my students over those sort of four or five years were running to the bookshops buying the new books that came out and then they were following those books with me as I read them out aloud in class and we used to do that after lunch in the afternoon and they'd lay all over the floor and we'd read a, a chapter of that book so I would say that is the very first book that I absolutely fell in love with and I've met Andy and Terry and Andy has signed that book and he's also graffitied all <laughs> all over the, the, the front of it and I um, mean I just adore that book it's falling apart it's one of the I think it's the second edition of that book. Wow. Yes I would say that but now oh, I love picture books. I don't have a favourite because there's just too many beautiful books out there and I love getting and looking at new releases and seeing what publishers are publishing because books are so beautiful.
0: I love to feel books. For a full range of programs from tots to teens visit
1: Newcastle Library's website or app. So what do you hope children will get out of your books? Some sort of a connection. I really hope that they can see themselves somehow inside that story, whether they can see a family member in the character if they can't see themselves or they can relate to the journey the character's going on or the struggles that character has to overcome Mm. within that journey, in that story. I hope they just connect with an adult, even if they're just snuggling, enjoying the story on the lounge, that Mm. they've got an adult with them and they're snuggling together, just sharing. The experience. Yeah, the experience, not necessarily the the story, just the fact that Someone's there with them and sharing their reading journey. In Isla's family tree in particular, I really hope kids can see part of their family in Isla's family. Mm. I've designed Isla's family so that she has lots of little unique and quirky little parts in her family because everybody does. And if they can't, maybe they know somebody who has that within a friend's family maybe because there are same gender aunties so we've got yeah aunties in there who are together and they have two little girls and I have an auntie and an uncle on another part of her family tree and they've adopted a child so Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that children can yeah see part of their families in her family Mm. and also too I hope that it opens up conversations inside families like it did mine when my grandmother died Mm. how's that person related to me and how do they belong in our family where do I fit and so parents can fill in the gaps for the kids yeah because it's a really interesting concept like you know friends they're my friends but they're my family and I'm also asking people to challenge their definition of family as well like Mm. you know do you put your pets on your family tree? I think that's a really <laughs> nice question to ask because I think every kid would say, "Yeah, Absolutely. And I don't see why they can't because I truly believe family members don't necessarily have to be related by um, blood.
0: Mm. Yep. I think there'd be lots of people out listening to that and, and totally in agreement. So tell us, what are you working on now? What is the latest project?
1: Oh, well, I actually have a couple on the go. I've got a couple of book uh, manuscripts quite public, Uh polished that are going around publishers at the moment I'm studying junior fiction at the moment so I can go into writing some very early chapter books so kids who are starting to be quite independent readers and who I want to feel like they're big readers and Mm. want to start with some very simple chapter books I want to get into that market and I'm still writing picture books because I can't let them go Mm. and I've got an idea that I want to work on this week actually it's a book that I actually discussed with a group of children a couple of weeks ago at the Scone Writers Festival and they love the idea so I'm thinking oh okay I've tested the idea out now and I'll I'll keep going with that one
0: Mm, definitely so Katrina can you tell me why is Newcastle a great place for writers and illustrators
1: I think it comes down to the culture of Newcastle and the community of Newcastle. It just has a great vibe. And whenever the city hosts uh, some sort of cultural event, I just find the whole place comes alive. Uh, We've got so many beautiful beaches and cafes as well. We've got lots of beautiful things to attract people to Newcastle. And then when they come here and they share with the locals and get involved in our cultural festivals, I think it just makes Newcastle come alive. Mm. And there's lots of creatives. Living in Newcastle, right from poetry to adult fiction and children's literature, they're all here. And so you can find a little pocket of people here and they can become really good friends. I've got my, I've found, I think, got most of the children's authors and illustrators and people interested in that. And we're a really nice bunch of people to hang with. And um, and then, you know, pl- things like Newcastle Writers' Festival, who just had to go online, that brings us then all together because we're all then enjoying reading and literature and writing together and celebrating that no matter what genre you're interested in. So yeah, no, definitely culture and community. Brilliant. Let's
0: all read along together, guys. What stories, authors or books did you love as a child? Reach out at library at ncc.nsw.gov.au. Now's probably a good time for you if you'd like to. Would you like to read us an extract,
1: your favourite extract from Isla's family tree? I would love to. I won't read all of it. I don't want to give away the ending and every time I read the last page I cry. So I can't, can't, I'm not going to cry today so so I won't read that. I'll just start from the beginning so people can sort of meet part of Isla's family and that'll also introduce the problem that Isla faces through the story. Great, thanks. All right, so this is Isla's family tree, illustrated by Prue Pittick and published by EK Books. Isla's family was about to change and she was not happy. Mum's pregnant, by the way. Our family is too full, shouted Isla. Come here, Isla, let me show you something, replied Mama. Families are like trees, started Mama. Grandma and Granddad are the trunk. So when Grandma and Granddad had their three kids... Your Auntie Violet, Auntie Daisy, and me, they added three leaves. Auntie Violet, Auntie Daisy, and I have a branch each now, as we have our own families. We all have children, so we have lots of leaves on them. Auntie Violet and her partner, Auntie Jasmine, are on this branch, with their daughters Poppy and Ivy, Mama continued. Let me do it, interrupted Isla. She carefully wrote four names on some new leaves and stuck them on Auntie Violet's branch. Here are Auntie Violet and Auntie Jasmine with my cousins Poppy and Ivy. Auntie Daisy and Uncle Doug live on this branch. I remember when Azalea came to live with them. Isla laughed as she remembered how they spilt strawberry milk all over Azalea's puppy during her welcome party. Then Isla stuck three leaves on Auntie Daisy's branch. Here's our branch, said Mama. Isla pressed three leaves onto the shortest family branch and the tree looked full. So where do you think these two leaves might belong, asked Mama, as she tried to cuddle Isla on her disappearing lap. Two leaves? Two babies, gasped Isla. Always remember, family trees keep growing and changing as families do, said Mama. Isla looked at her mum's tummy and then looked at her family tree. There's no room left on your lap and there's no room left on our branch. It's full. When Mama went to the hospital, Isla took a long look at her family tree. I wonder if I can make them all fit, she thought. Maybe there's room for the babies on another branch. Fabulous. Thank you, Katrina. Thank
0: just such a delightful book and I think there'll be a lot of families out there who'll actually want to be recreating their family tree in the same way that Isla's done in the book.
1: Yeah, and I've actually, there's teaching, teaching notes with this book on the EK website and my website. Excellent. And there's a couple of pages in them actually where people can cut out family trees oh, and some leaves and they can actually construct their own family tree. Brilliant.
0: Thanks so much for sharing that. We might just finish with a quick fire five. This is our five questions we ask at the end of our interview and you need to give me the answer to one or the other of these questions are you ready yes
1: i'm ready <laughs> i'll be quick <laughs> your time starts now fairy or wizard fairy Ooh, why is that because they're girly okay favorite book to read any new pitch favorite food mint or chalk mint mm-hmm. best beach any
0: jacaranda or fig tree jacaranda All those beautiful flowers. Mm. Katrina McKelvey, thank you so much for joining us today on Chats with fabulous authors and illustrators. Thanks, Karen. I love Australian authors. Thanks so much for listening to Chats with fabulous children's authors and illustrators. Rate and review us wherever you listen to keep our story going. This has been a Newcastle Library's Real Production.